Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast in the series, Off the Fence. Our big idea today is follow God. We're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 34. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Well, to all of the fathers in the room, I want to welcome you and also wish you a very happy Father's Day. So will you help me express appreciation for all of the dads that are here? And although you might be tempted, I want to encourage you to resist the urge to irritate your family today, all right? It's really great to have you here, and again, I want to say happy Father's Day. I do think, though, that many of us have entered into our time here today with troubled hearts in light of what has recently happened in Charleston, South Carolina, and the shooting that occurred inside of a church. And there will be a lot of people who will come together now and try to figure out why and what happened and go from there. But I think it's very appropriate for us as the church to pause and just pray for everybody impacted by that. So will you pray with me? Father, we come before you now. And in these situations, we don't always have the right words to say. Or we're not even really sure what to ask. But you do make it very clear in Scripture that even when we don't know what to say or even how to pray, that you hear us and you're concerned and you care. And so we give these words to you as people who are concerned and troubled over evil that exists in the world and right here in our own country and the hate that is there. And God, we don't understand that. We don't know how to explain that, but yet we come humbly to you, recognizing that you are a God who is in control, and you are faithful, and so we rest in that. And God, in a unique way, I want to pray for this city and for that church, certainly that is just absolutely devastated by what has happened. Pray that you'd comfort them as only you can. And you would give that city and that church and all of those families that have been impacted the strength to carry on and to live and to fulfill the purposes that you have for them. So we lift all of them up. God, we don't even know them by name. These are individuals that we have never met, but our hearts go out to them in this time of suffering. And we pray and we ask that you would comfort them. Be with your church. God, today, as we move into our time of teaching now, I pray that you'd help our hearts to be alert and our minds to be open to whatever it is that you want to whisper to us today. God, we're going to talk to dads, but yet this is really a challenge for everybody that's here. It's for moms and dads and grandparents and students and for friends, for all relationships. God, our content today really impacts all of us. And so I pray that you would encourage fathers but that you would really, in a unique way, speak to all of us. And God, I pray that we would walk out of here a little bit different than what we came in today because of our time with you and specifically our time listening to what your word has to say to us. So bless us now and thank you for this time. I'm so grateful for everybody that's here. Encourage us, we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So today we conclude our series called Off the Fence. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever found yourself sitting on the fence? And maybe that's with your career or with a relationship or with your finances or with a problem or maybe even with your friendship with God, just kind of sitting on the fence. Have you ever found yourself there? What we have been thinking through is that when we find ourselves sitting on the fence, we're not sure what yard to play in or which team to join. We're just kind of stuck. And often in these situations, we find ourselves isolated. And this is not the way that God wants us to live. And so what we have been saying throughout the series is let's get off the fence. Because however you position yourself on the fence, it's not going to be very comfortable, and it's certainly not sustainable for the long term. And so let's get off the fence. In week one of this series, we said let's get off the fence of can't be done. Because sometimes we say that, or we even whisper that into our own minds. Because of a past failure in our lives, we assume God can't use me. God doesn't like me, God doesn't love me, and because of this thing, because of this failure, God can't do anything with me. It can't be done. Can't be done. But yet what we discovered is that it can be done. And while what is in our past is there and we can't change that, Christ does have the full ability to change our future and make that bright and everything he wants it to be. And so it can be done. But when we say can't be done, we're stuck on the fence. In week two of the series, we said let's get off the fence of can't stop. Because sometimes we say this, there is a temptation in my life. There is a habit. There is this thing that has a hold of me, and I flat out, cannot stop. I cannot help myself. I would love to be able to stop, but I can't. I just can't stop. And when we say that, we find ourselves stuck on the fence. And again, that's not where God wants us to be. And so what we talked about last week is that we can stop. And actually, God has given us amazing tools to overcome all of the temptations that we experience but he wants us to put in the hard work of resisting and fleeing and finding the escape that our faithful God provides for us. So we can stop. But when we say, I can't stop because of that thing that has a hold of me, we're stuck on the fence. So can't be done and can't stop. Let's get off those fences. We've got one more. So today, it's let's get off the fence of can't follow. Or maybe we can say it this way, I don't want to follow. Or there's no one worth following. Or I'm my own person. I'll follow myself. But here's the reality. No matter how cavalier of a person we may be, no matter how independent we may be, we are all following someone And so I want you to think with me for just a moment. It seems that conversations about leadership are everywhere, aren't they? Be your own person. Lead, lead, lead. 
And that's what we hear and that's what we read all of the time. And there are all kinds of books and seminars and things that you can grab online that will help you to be an effective leader. Lead, lead, lead. Leadership stuff is everywhere. Be your own leader. And quite honestly, all of this stuff is exhausting. I receive emails every week that talk to me about, hey, do you want to be a better leader? And I'll be in my office by myself, and normally these emails come in, and they'll ask questions. Like, would you like to increase your leadership effectiveness? Oh, and in my office, by myself, sometimes I'll even raise my hand. Say, yeah, I would love to do that. That sounds amazing. I want to be a more effective leader. And then another question will come, and it will say, would you like to have more influence with the people around you as a leader? Well, yeah, I want to have more influence with the people around me. That all sounds wonderful. But then they want you to sign your life away or buy something ridiculous, which is annoying, right? Leadership stuff. See, it is everywhere, and we're constantly pushed to be a better leader, to be your own person, and leadership stuff is all over the place. And that's actually okay. That's good. Leaders should be improving and growing. And when leaders get just a little bit better, that helps everyone. That's good. But here's the thing. I believe our uniqueness can be found not in how we lead, but in whom we're following. All right, think about that for a moment. I think our uniqueness can be found not in how we lead, but in whom we're following. And so I think the question we all need to wrestle with today, certainly fathers, but yet everybody in the room needs to think about this, and that is, who are you following? Because again, we're all following someone, whether we want to admit that or not, we're all following somebody, so who are you following? Here's our big idea for today, it's just two words, and that is follow God. Let's do that. Follow God. Chase Him. Line yourself up behind Him. Get in His shadow. Follow Him. And when we do that, I believe we become better leaders. We become better dads, better moms, better grandparents, better students, better workers, better friends, because we're following the right person. Now, since it's Father's Day, I want to uniquely talk to the dads that are in the room. But everybody is included in this because we all have to answer this question. Who are you following? And let's get off the fence of I can't follow anybody because it's not worth it and I can't find the right person. That's just not true. We can find the right person and we want to line ourselves up in his shadow. So follow him. If you have a Bible or a device, I want you to find Deuteronomy chapter 34. Deuteronomy is the fifth book in the Bible. So if you go to the front and just start turning to the right, eventually you'll bump into the book of Deuteronomy. And then chapter 34 is the very last chapter in the book. Now, while you're looking for that and while you're finding Deuteronomy 34, let me talk to you about this book. It's a very powerful book. Deuteronomy might be one of the most powerful books in the entire Old Testament. Jesus himself quoted from the book of Deuteronomy. As a matter of fact, when Jesus was tempted, we talked about this last week, 
Jesus himself was tempted. So if Jesus was tempted, we can expect to be tempted as well. Yet God is faithful. He will provide a way out for us. And one of the things that we find Jesus doing when he experienced his temptations from the enemy is that he quoted scripture. And three different times he quoted from the book of Deuteronomy itself. This is a very powerful Old Testament book. And what we discover in the final chapter, chapter 34 here, is that God's special people, the nation of Israel, they have been led by an individual named Moses. And he has been just an incredible A-plus kind of leader. Just a really stand-up guy. But in chapter 34, he dies. And he moves on from the scene. But it's what is said about him in this closing chapter of his life that is absolutely remarkable and noteworthy as we think about who are you following. So let's think about all of that as I begin reading with verse 1 of Deuteronomy chapter 34. Here's what it says. Then Moses, here he is, he's this great big leader. He went up to Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab and climbed Pisgah Peak, which is across from Jericho. And the Lord showed him the whole land, from Gilead as far as Dan, all the land of Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, extending to the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, the Jordan Valley with Jericho, the city of Palms, as far as Zoar. This is a lot of land that the Lord is showing to Moses. Like, look at all of this, Moses. There it all is. Verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have now allowed you to see it with your own eyes, but you will not enter the land. It's a very significant statement, and we'll come back to that in just a moment. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, just as the Lord had said. The Lord buried him in a valley near Beth Peor in Moab, but to this day no one knows the exact place. Now get this. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyesight was clear and he was as strong as ever. And the people of Israel mourned for Moses on the plains of Moab for 30 days until the customary period of mourning was over. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him, Joshua, doing just as the Lord had commanded Moses. And then here's what we find in verse 10. There has never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Powerful statement. I mean, think about all the people that have ever existed. There's never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. The Lord sent him to perform all the miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt against Pharaoh and all his servants and his entire land. And with mighty power, Moses performed terrifying acts in the sight of all Israel. So here are two observations that I want to lift out of Deuteronomy 34 that give us an insight into Moses, who was a great leader, but yet there's a lot more to him than just the leader. There's also the concept that he was a great follower. 
Here's observation number one. Moses followed God even though everything didn't go his way. That's just what he did. Moses followed God even though everything didn't go his way. And this is remarkable to me. I find that to be fascinating and very interesting because Moses is this great leader. And his people, at the time Moses was called into a leadership position, were basically slaves to the nation of Egypt. And they had been a slave in that country And they served Egypt for hundreds of years. That was just their life. And so God raised up Moses and trained him and said to him, you're going to be the one to lead my people into freedom. I've heard their cries. I know of their distress. And I know how bad it is for them. And so I'm going to raise you up, Moses, and I want you to lead my people into freedom. And that's exactly what Moses does. He leads millions of people out of slavery, which is all that they ever knew, and into freedom. Really a monumental task. And so now Moses has millions of people who are looking to him. What are you going to do and where do we go? We have no land. We have no home. All we've ever known is Egypt and slavery. So what do we do now? And God talked to the people and said, look, I want you to trust me. Have faith in me. Have some confidence in me because I do have a land and a home for you. But you need to be patient. And so God's people were patient for a bit, but then they lost their patience and they were disobedient to God. Even Moses, as a great leader, lost his patience with God as well. And he was disobedient. And here's what happened. Moses, because of his own disobedience, wasn't going to be the one to lead God's people, his people, into the land that God had promised them. That was something that was taken from him. That's what we find in verse 4. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, This is the land I promise. Here it is. And I promised this on oath to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. When I said, I'm going to give it to your descendants, it's yours. I have now allowed you to see it with your own eyes But you, Moses, you're not going to enter the land. I think that's a very disturbing verse. And that's really bothersome when you read that. And I don't know about you, but if that's me, I'm feeling a bit ripped off right now. God, seriously? Really? Like, this is how this is going to work? And this is what you're going to do to me? And if this is what's going to happen, then I'm out. I'm not going to follow you anymore. I'm not going to lead these people anymore. I'm not going to do what you want to do anymore at all because I'm being ripped off here. But that's not Moses. He didn't get it all. And he wasn't the one who was going to lead his people into the promised land, and he clearly understood that. But he never turned inward. He never became bitter. He never played the, I got ripped off by God card, and he never became angry. Instead, he followed God right to the end of his life. And there may be nothing more powerful in life than an individual who communicates. I don't always get God. I don't always understand God. And everything hasn't gone according to plan in my life. And I have messed up. And there have been some dark days. But I am going to follow God until the very end. That's just what I'm going to do. There may be nothing more powerful than that. And that's Moses. Dad's. What if that were us? 
What if that were said of us? That everything didn't always go according to plan, but that man, that father, he just followed God right until the very end. It's what Moses did, and how did he do it? Because he had to be disappointed, but yet he followed through. And I think Moses was able to do that because he had a cause. And his cause was a spiritual cause. I think his spiritual cause was to know God deeply. And this is what we find in verse 10. It says, There has never been another prophet in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. And that was his cause. And that's what he gave his life to. And even though there were ups and downs, he made the decision that I'm going to know God and I'm going to follow him until the very end. That's just what I'm going to do. And I will be known by that and people will remember me because of that. Dads, what's your cause? What's your cause? And it has to be more than a career because that ends at some point. Do you have a spiritual cause that you have attached yourself to? And maybe that is to know God deeply or to help your family love God or to live with integrity or to stand up for those who can't defend themselves. What's your spiritual cause? And perhaps on this Father's Day, the greatest thing that you can do besides go out and eat some hot dogs and popcorn and look at some amazing cars is that you today could say, I'm going to pick a spiritual cause that is for me and my family, and I'm going to attach myself to that, and this is how I'm going to live the rest of my days. Think about this. It's something I read recently. It says, A man without a cause from God is often just an angry man who doesn't know where to direct his pent-up energy and aggression. That's a man without a cause. I would add to that, a man without a spiritual cause from God is often just an angry man who doesn't know where to direct his pent-up energy and aggression. Don't be that guy. By the way, I think this is a question for all of us. It's for dads and moms and grandparents and students in whatever category you want to throw yourself into. This is for all of us. What is your spiritual cause? And what are you going to take the rest of your days and just give yourself to spiritually? See, here's what a spiritual cause will do. It will help you walk with God. It will help you do that, even though it doesn't always make sense. And I think some of the most remarkable people I know are individuals that I have talked to, that I have cried with, who things haven't always gone according to plan. Disappointments and failures and a lot of bumps in life. And they have every reason... To play the I got ripped off by God card. Every reason. Every reason to do a little bit of this. They just walk with God. And they continue to do that. And many of you are here in the room. And I want to thank you for your example. That matters. That matters. And that's exactly what Moses did. Things didn't always go his way. And he didn't get everything he wanted. But he continued to follow God all the days of his life, even though it would have been easy for him to say, I got ripped off by God because I led these people all the way to the edge and I'm not the one who gets to go in. It would have been easy for him to do that, but he didn't. And people remembered him for being an individual who was face to face with God. Here's the second observation. 
And that is Moses was able to accomplish much as a result of following God. He made that decision. He pointed his feet in God's direction. He stayed in the shadow of God. And he was really able to accomplish quite a bit. I want you to look at verse 12 again. It says, with mighty power, Moses performed. And we're going to look at that word performed here because it has a deep meaning. Moses performed terrifying acts in the sight of all Israel. I want you to look at that word performed. Do you see that again? It's the Hebrew word asaw. And here's what it means. It means to do or to make or to accomplish or to procure. And so when you go back to verse 12, you can read it this way. With mighty power, here's what Moses was able to procure. Here's what Moses was able to accomplish. Here's what Moses was able to make or to do. He was able to perform these terrifying acts in the sight of all Israel. See, Moses followed God, and I think he got things done. I think he was successful. And I think he was successful not necessarily because he was the smartest person around. I think he was successful simply because he had that face-to-face time with God. He attached himself to a spiritual cause, and God caused him to procure, to accomplish, to do, and to make. He was a better man. He was a better father. He was a better leader. He was a better friend. He was just better because of his spiritual cause that he attached himself to. He followed God, and I think God caused him to be successful. And that's a good thing. And that's okay to want. And that's okay to chase when we're following the right person. And Moses was. Perhaps one of the greatest things, in my opinion, that Moses accomplished in his life certainly leading God's people from slavery into freedom and everything that happened in Egypt, which is recorded in Scripture. And there is just amazing stories of what God did through Moses to free his people. But I think one of the other great things that he accomplished in life is what happens right here in chapter 34. He passes, he dies, but yet there was a succession plan. And the reason the succession plan worked was because of Moses. Moses, with God's help, picked a new leader. His name is Joshua. And there's a whole book in the Bible that talks about Joshua and how he was the one who got to lead his people, God's people, Moses' people, into the promised land. And Moses was able to hand off that baton of leadership to Joshua, and I don't think he had any problem with that at all. I don't think he was bitter. I don't think he was angry at Joshua. I think he was able to set up Joshua for success because Moses was following the right person. And it caused him to procure a great future for his people. He performed. He got things done. And dads, I think our ability to work with God gives us the ability to do more. Without him, we'll be able to accomplish. That's true. But with God, I think we have the ability to accomplish so much more like Moses. And I believe Moses approached the end of his life without any regrets at all because he followed the right person. He followed God, and that gave him the ability to navigate all of the ups and downs of life. It also gave him the ability to accomplish much. Dads, will the same thing be said of us? At the end of life, Will that be said of us? That we followed God, and as a result of following God, we were able to procure and accomplish and do 
And that same question is there for all of us. Will the same be said of us? A couple of takeaways for us. Number one, place yourself in God's shadow and live an all-out passionate life for him. And this is how we get off the fence of can't follow. Yes, we can and yes, we should. You've got to follow the right person and I think God is worthy. And Moses makes the case for that. So let's just place ourselves in God's shadow and live an all-out passionate life for him because this helps us to get off the fence. And secondly, remind yourself that following implies obedience. Following implies obedience. If we're following, we will be obedient. If we're obedient, we will be following. Let's not fool ourselves. I think that's a great way to evaluate where we are right now in our friendship with God. Am I being obedient? And I can see that in how I'm following him. So place yourself in God's shadow and live an all-out passionate life for him and remind yourself that following implies obedience. So let's do this. On this Father's Day, 2015, let's get off the fence of can't follow. Let's just bail on that because we can and we should. Father, we're grateful for some time on this Father's Day to look at an incredible chapter in a very powerful book in the Old Testament. God, this book of Deuteronomy outlines for us a great leader by the name of Moses. And it also talks about another great leader who was to come, and that was Joshua. I think both of these individuals were great leaders because of who they were following. And they were following the right person. They were following you. So God, on this Father's Day, it's really a call for dads and for moms and for grandparents and for students, for everybody in this room to determine and to make the choice that I want to follow the right person. God, may we do that today in the midst of celebrating and having a good time and thanking people. God, may we really be considering who am I following? And God, even when things don't go our way, even when we feel ripped off, maybe even ripped off by you, God, may we choose in the middle of all that, even if we can't explain it, even if we don't understand, that we would just place ourselves in your shadow and follow you. God, so many people in this room have done that and are doing that right now. And I thank you for them, and I pray that you give them the strength in the middle of their pain and suffering and confusion to stick with you, follow you, just like Moses. God, specifically for all the dads in the room, I pray that you'd encourage them. God, would you help them to think through a spiritual cause that can carry them through the rest of their lives, something that they can attach themselves to, that will help them accomplish everything that you want for them as fathers, as husbands, as workers, wherever you take them and wherever you place them. God, for everybody else in the room, help them to also consider that cause. What is it that you're calling us to? And may we chase that and not be hindered when we don't always get our way. I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. 
Maybe just talk to God right now about what he's whispering into your heart, what he wants you to do, what he's challenging you with. Just talk to God about that. Make some good commitments. God, again, we just thank you for Deuteronomy chapter 34. What a closing chapter to a book and to a life. A life well lived because of who he was following. God, help us all to take this challenge upon us and be willing to ask and answer that question and then also think about a spiritual cause to attach ourselves to. Give us a great day and a great week. We do pray in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.